So, um, I was talking to a coworker of mine who was from Boston, and I was mentioning the uh, the Boston molasses flood to him, and he, which he was aware of, and he said that you can, in fact, still smell molasses on the really? north end I of call Boston. Bullshit. Really? He also said that it might be one of those things that it's just kind of in your head, and you're like, could be a placebo. Yeah, yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah, yeah. He did say yeah. that, like, maybe you just kind of think you he smell it. He also said that he operated in Boston around the 1950s, and he's smarter than the cops, which <laughs> makes me think that he might be the Boston Strangler. Oh, he is 100%. <laughs> he's, he, he then went on to say, I am the Boston Strangler. I never told anybody that until now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> can I have a raise, please? Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> That's great. I think, I mean, you know, old. it's an old city. It probably has a lot of smells. It has a lot of smells. It's probably going to be like, it's an East Coast. It's an East Coast old city. It smells. I mean, you remember when we made New York. It, uh, the whole New place York. smelled like molasses. <laughs> no, I never that, smelled molasses, but I assume it smells like urine and beer. Yeah, that city smells like urine and beer. Those are for, Granted, we were there in the summertime. And I kept on peeing my pants and drinking beer. And none of us liked that. Yeah. Mixed with the asparagus, it was a uh, it was a pretty <laughs> rough recipe. It was rough. It was rough on all of us. We so. shouldn't have kept eating asparagus and pissing our pants. <laughs> all of us did it. I didn't do that. Isn't that a New York tradition, that. though? I told you not to do that. You were the first guy who did it. I didn't do that. So we're the history boys. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're we're just a group of boys, history boys. You can't see I have my finger up for. You pointed up. Yeah, it's yeah. a gesture that I like do. Like he's making a point. Yeah. It, like the emoji, I put that in there sometimes. You know who I am? I'm Chris Whedon. I'm Tyler Armentrout. And I'm Jerry Nash. I'm Zach Mack. Zach Mack, we, uh, so we dug him out of, uh, of his uh, underground bunker. We decided he needed to be in the same room with us. He was getting weird. J- Jerry finally dug me out of that joke. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, welcome, Zach. Hi. To being in the same room with us. Hello. Uh, that, the bunker filled with molasses. It did. And he had to climb himself. The, the, the emergency molasses, molasses flat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jerry... <laughs> Broke open a tank of molasses over and the entrance. poured it in. But luckily we had that side molasses uh, Exit, yeah. And he, yeah. He, do- he climbed out of that. Yeah, exactly. You still it, doing it, that, guys? That joke? <laughs> uh, Just the whole time. I'm done with molasses. Okay, okay. <laughs> I've, moved, I've moved on to stevia, uh, you know, um, cane sugar, uh, the, uh, honey. Well, don't forget sh- the Boston sh- sugar in the stevia raw. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really a sugar in the raw guy. Where's the flood there? Well, mostly my insulin. There is an episode of The Simpsons about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, no more Simpsons fucking yeah. references. This okay. week, this okay, week okay. that was the last Simpsons reference for this week. I sincerely doubt that. So, Jerry, uh, <laughs> what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about Red Cloud. Now, a lot of people don't really know about Red Cloud. I've mentioned it to several people, like, hey, uh, next episode's going to be about Red Cloud. And they're like, who the fuck? Fuck. I assumed not reading the outline or doing any of the research until, you know, when I did, that uh, it oh, was... Today. You today. know, you don't, you don't have to split hairs. That's not splitting hairs. Yeah, because you gave it to us today. That's also true, yes. Either way, I assumed that it had something to do with the Cold War, and boy was I wrong. I thought this was going to be about Red Fox. This war is burning hot. Red Cloud was one of the greatest Oglala Lakota leaders to ever live. He'd be the only Indian who could claim that he won a war against the United States by uniting most of the fractured tribes of the Sioux Nation and 
other tribes uh, as well together to fight as one. Uh, his name uh, became synonymous with terror and brutality amongst the, the white intruders of the Powder River Valley in northern Wyoming and southeast Montana during the tail end of the 19th century. Uh, let me just uh, clarify why why I will uh, call them Indians here is because uh, actually uh, I've known several Native people and they prefer Indian. Okay. And the reason why is because it constantly puts on display the stupidity of the white man. <laughs> like, I like uh, that. You still call us you still call us Indians? God, you're fucking stupid. So <laughs> it's it's literally a walking embodiment of every time I walk out of a bathroom with toilet paper coming off the bottom of my shoe. All right, I'll live with it. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what it is. And so, yeah, they're like, yeah, Indian, right, guys? So and that's that's why Chad likes it when I call him Cherokee Chad. When even like even though he's Navajo, right? Exactly, because he's like just... stupid fucking white ah. man. <laughs> yeah. Well, stupid Mexican, but you know, yeah. same shit. Yeah. Red Cloud was born sometime in September of 1822 near the Platte River Fork, uh, near modern day North Platte, Nebraska. So does that mean that all of September is his birthday? Uh, his birth if month. he wants it to be. He's keep he's keeping it dicey, so he's like, I don't know, what weekend are you open for? <laughs> yeah, You're gonna be like, buying on you know He's like, Do I do this on a Thursday, Saturday, Sunday? What 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 are when, we doing? when when y'all available? Yeah. I mean September is my birthday month, so no big deal. Same here. There we go. Happy birthday, Red Cloud, and happy birthday, you assholes. Yeah. <laughs> Q Earth Wind uh, and Fire. He was named Red Cloud for Wait for it. Unusually brilliant red clouds hanging over the sky. Uh, his mother was named Walks As She Thinks. Well, she, she Walks As She Thinks, she was uh, an Oglala. Uh, but his father, Lone Man, was a brulee. Now, both of these are, are Lakota. The, the divisions and subdivisions of the Lakota are very complicated. I'm not going to pretend... Like, I know all the ins and outs of all of it, because I certainly don't. It's incredibly complicated. So I'm going to generalize a lot on what these tribes are. And any, you know, native listener listening to this right now is going to, like, clench their teeth at certain points during this podcast. Well, and, and I apologize profusely. What, what part of the I'm doing my best here. What part of the country are we talking about? Uh, where, where was their stomping ground? Well, they're stomping. Well, I mean, the brulee, they were. They were. It's pretty nebulous. It was a lot of the Midwest, and a lot of the like, you know, Minnesota, North and South Dakota, uh, which Dakota is Eastern yeah. Sioux, and then there's Western Sioux, which is Lakota. Red Cloud later, which we'll see, he embodied uh, so a little River Missouri, a little Valley. Kansas, uh, the Dakotas, uh, maybe well, Iowa, Sh- Kansas, Cheyenne. We're we're more more south, like what you're talking okay. about. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's Arapaho, and you know, the, there's a lot of tribes that are involved here, and okay. then subdivisions of those tribes. So it's it's just bear with me and just know that I'm I'm doing a little bit of generalizing here, and doing his best. Most yeah. of all. I just don't have a lot of time to really get into all the minutia. So Lone Man uh, actually died of alcoholism when Red Cloud was five years old. Uh, so his mother took him back to the Oglalas, where she's from, and his influential uncle would help raise him and sort of be a fa- uh, father figure. And his name, he was an Oglala headman, and his name was Old Smoke. Badass. So, is a headman like uh, like a chief? Yeah, so... Of- uh, 
Chief is, is sort of a, a... Like a misnomer. It's sort of a misnomer, yeah, because uh, if it's two things that the United States never really understood about the Native Americans is it was, it was leadership and it was ownership. And so it's like, well, can you, can you guys just pick yeah. one Sioux to speak for all of you? And they're like, no, yeah. we're all vastly different. Yeah. Like being Sioux wasn't really saying anything. That means you spoke kind of the same language they're as the like, rest of the Sioux. Do you just pick one white guy to speak for all of you? And we're like, yes, that is literally <laughs> what we do. That's, yes. our, that's like our main thing is we yeah. like, that's how we do things. Right. Even though, uh, like the Lakota had forced out certain tribes from the Black Hills and the Powder River Valley and things like that. Uh, like they forced out the Crow. The Crow were technically there first, but still uh, has the best soundtrack but, of like most movies. The Crow, weakest Jesus. Cure song on that soundtrack, though. But like a pretty good. It has a good Nine Inch Nails. Can song. I finish my point, okay, please? Okay. <laughs> Thank you. The fact you can't pick one leader speak for all of you is a big thing. Even in, like, the Oglalas, you can't really pick one. But ownership w was another. Yeah, the Crow may have been there first, but the Lakota, uh... It, it basically, you will occupy the land, but it's not yours. Yeah. You will fight to defend it. And if you can't defend it, then somebody else occupies it. It's, but it doesn't necessarily mean ownership. Right. You know. So Old Smoke was the head man. He was the head man, because... Part of, part of my ignorance, saying, the, asking yes. a chief... Was the chief was just like you know th there were war chiefs sure that they would uh, you know employ during times of war, but they weren't necessarily headmen and even a headman there was more than one totally and, and it, it turns out that chief could talk the whole time. What one flew over the cuckoo's nest? Oh yeah, that was good. Thank you. That yeah. was that That's was a deep cut, Chris. That was almost like Stop a that, that was like a. He hasn't oh. even seen that movie. I've seen half of it. <laughs> Not the part where he talks, but I know because <laughs> you know his character. Pop culture osmosis. And there was actually there there were uh, five star chiefs, but only in times of war. Because you see, they're like generals. <laughs> oh. Yeah, generals. Yeah, the only. <sighs> his thing was better. God damn it. <laughs> it wasn't even that good, and it was better. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go drown myself in the bathtub now if anyone wants me. <laughs> Uh, now, during this time, the Oglalas were still fighting their ancient enemies, the Crow, the Shoshone, the Ute, and the Pawnee. And their wars were sort of eternal. And they would have, like, seasons of war. Like, winter, you'd, you'd hunker in and you'd rest. And then spring, you'd have your buffalo hunt. And then summer, you would fight your enemies. And then fall, you'd have the late buffalo hunt. And then it would just continue. And that was their way of life. Uh, I like how... It was just like, well, yeah, this is the season where we fight our enemies. Yeah, it was. And that's what it was. It was like tradition. Crow, like you didn't... Yeah, Crow hate Oglala. And Oglala hate Crow. And we fight them. You know, and that's what it was. Uh -huh. And to this day, there's animosity between the two. Interesting. Yeah. yeah like, it's crazy. There's like four guys left, and they fucking hate each other's guts. There's more that's than on four. Us. That's on us. <laughs> There's more than four. I know. Yeah. Uh, I, I, that's that's hyperly hyperbolic, but yeah. <laughs> I was making more of a comment on and the fact of uh, you know genocide. There's not yeah, very many it, of them left because of the because yeah. of the American genocide. It is a criticism of white people. Yeah, that's yeah. what I, yeah, I get yeah. that. They would they would steal horses from each other, and they would do this so often that it wasn't unheard of to steal the same horse back twice or mm. several times. Where it's like, hey. 
This is my horse that they stole back then, then I stole it back, then they stole it, then I stole it. Still has the Shit, same that... CD changer in the back. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my parents when they were fighting for custody for me. It's great. Oh. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Which Damn. one of you loves me more? Yeah. Waiting for my birthday. <laughs> this is also a rite of passage and to show that you weren't weak or cower- uh, weak or cowardly person. Then there was also uh, this tradition of counting coup, which the requirements to count coup were loose, but the overall gist is this. Showing bravery in the face of your enemy when your life is at stake. Now, what this could mean, counting coup, you know, it could be tapping someone with a bow, your hand, or they'd even have a stick that was called a coup stick. And they would run up, you know, to the enemy in a life or death situation and just tap you. And so your enemy would be like, oh, shit, he was right there. He could have killed me, but he didn't, you know. Well, and isn't it like uh, if you come back wounded, it's like you kind of lose points. You lose points. Yeah. So I like the idea of somebody who like they don't break skin, but maybe they Charlie horse them. And they're (laughs) like, I tapped him. I got back. I'm brave as shit. They're like, why are you limping? They're like. That's my name. Uh, I, I, he who limps a bunch. And they're like, that's not your name. Your name's fucking Seth, man. <laughs> he who limps a bunch? Yeah. That's Sir limps a lot. Jesus Christ. Uh, and actually, it was, it was way cooler to, like, have a man's life in your hands and then let him go so he could come back to try to kill you. That is because cool. yeah. Because, I mean, the implications are, like, more dangerous. Yeah. Like, if I were to just kill him, he can't come back. Well, but, but if I, if he goes, you know, and he builds up his strength and he comes back to try to get me, it's badass. It's way cooler. It's like yeah. Wolverine. It's, yeah. literally, it's literally like in movies where they, like, show up and they, like, fuck up a bunch of guys. They leave one guy and they're like, I'm leaving you alive so you can tell people about how cool I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only they could, like, they would want to come back to try to kill you specifically. And they will. And yeah. you'll be like... I should have killed you when I had the chance. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But yeah. isn't this a cool scenario? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. Well, there was no fucking TV back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we most, know. Most of what we're talking about in history is because there was no TV back then. <laughs> TV made everyone fucking bitches. Once the TV was invented, nothing was bad all... ever happened. <laughs> yeah. We all just figured out how to press buttons and shoot bombs at each other and nothing cool happened anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but sometimes it was killing an enemy and, of course, scalping them, like, carrying your scalp back to, like, your wife, and she would, like, woohoo! She'd like, like people, cool. Yeah, like, they would straight up party after you counted coup for the first time, or, like, went out on a war party and brought back scalps. They'd, yeah. They'd party for, like, two or three days straight. And if you were a man who was losing his hair, much like I am, you could put the <laughs> other man's scalp on top of yours, and your wife would be like, see? You'd be like, I'm a young man again. Uh... So what you don't like my toupee? Yeah, and she'd be like, "I'm not a fan of the blood," and I'd be like, "Well, turn around." I'm not a fan of your blood. <laughs> the blood will go away. Yeah, the, hair, the blood will dry, but the hair—it's mine until it rots off. <laughs> Just tell her that you're going to be a crip instead. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was probably a deep cut joke that I did not understand. I'm so because uh, there's the bloods. Yeah, and the crips. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's not that deep. Uh, let, 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 yeah, let me. Uh, I, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't totally hear what he said. Let me reiterate, you want to I'm that a word very white person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blindingly so. Blindingly so, yes. So from a young age, like, Red Cloud was like four years old when he was, like, invited into, like, 
council fires where they were talking about like heavy shit. Must have been fucking annoying. I don't know. He probably just sat there. But know. they didn't discipline their, their kids. In fact, they didn't really have a disciplinary system. It was an honor system that they had. What does that mean? It's like, well, if you want to be awesome like us, you'll act like us. It's kind of like leading by example. So, it's like, if a kid's being an asshole, then it's like, you're you're being dishonorable. You're not being like us. You're not being badass. And they'd be, like, shamed. And they'd be like, oh, I should be more badass. I'm stealing that shit using it on my kids someday. Being like, if you don't drink scotch and, like, fucking, I don't know, throw <laughs> baseballs through, like, I don't know, maybe, like, a bunch of windows that you buy on eBay. Like... <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. I'm just trying to teach. I want my kid to be cool like me. Like they have, they wanted to be there. They wanted to be cool like them. <laughs> Put your windows in their butt. <laughs> They're stained glass. They're like I don't know from a cathedral or something. God damn it! From a very young age, uh, he would uh, fight against the Pawnee and the Crow, and he counted his first coup before he was 16 years old. Cool. Which is fucking nuts. I, I still haven't done it. I've never done it. It's <laughs> <laughs> weird. Yeah. He would la- he he would later count coup over eighty times in his life. Fuck. Which would mean a lot of you know, I mean, he probably killed more people than that. I was gonna but, say that's a lot of tapped dudes. Yeah. I mean, it's just more insulting to your enemy yeah. to be like, I'm here. And you just kind of tap him instead of killing him. And it's like, ooh, hoo, hoo. Yeah. One time, an enemy had been captured alive, which is certainly something you would not want to happen, ever. And he was the only one left alive, and Red Cloud held him down, and he offered him a deal. And he took out his knife, and he showed it to him, and he said that if he didn't make a sound while he was scalped alive, they would let him live, and go back to his family. God. Red Cloud gave the knife to one of his buddies who did the deed, and crazy enough, the man never uttered a single sound. And they let him go. And he walked four feet before he fell over from blood loss. So why are we talking about this badass who didn't make a fucking right sound? We yeah. don't know who he is. I want to talk about this scalpless guy. Well, actually, uh, <laughs> like George Costanza. We we, we don't <laughs> we we uh, we don't know a lot about intertribal warfare. Well, because there's it's not, not it's not recorded by history, and we don't really know a lot about uh, the, written history. I think you meant to say, isn't that the definition of history? No, because there's still verbal history. Sure. Uh, verbal history, it, it, granted, you're right, uh, Zach, but it's not always the most reliable, and it's never passed. It's never really passed down into like books. Sure. For the most part, at least, uh, we're lucky uh, to have Red Cloud recount his story of his younger life uh, later on. That wasn't found until much later. Uh, honestly, more recent to us than Red Cloud's life. So we're actually lucky to learn about him being younger because he he it was a verbal history that was and learn recorded. about uh you know the time that he cut off the top of that man's head and let him go yeah it was a story he liked to tell also there was a story uh there there was a guy running away from him and uh, he was drowning in a in a in a creek nearby and red cloud rescued him out of the creek only to slit his throat and scalp him cool <laughs> no <laughs> worst Which is lifeguard insanity. ever yeah right it's like hey he didn't drown <laughs> yeah He's never going to drown again. <laughs> Except for in his own blood that runs down his throat and blocks up those old bad boy lungs. 
I mean, their type of warfare was brutal. Like, scalping is brutal, but their type of warfare was truly brutal. Like, there's this myth that's really perpetuated by, I think, white people that, oh, there was no insano violence everyone was all just like you want some maize i'll have some maize yeah no that's not what it was i'll have (laughs) some beads well no uh their their method of warfare was so brutal that it was like ancient to us it was ancient brutality to us well isn't it the way that essentially the way you are in the afterlife is the way that your corpse ends up yes so they, they would believe that they would go to all, like, when they died, they'd all go to the same place. If you died with your eyes cut out... You got no eyes. Then, then you, can't, you can't witness the afterlife. It's literally what happens in Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, true, actually. Yeah. So, so there's so one, one guy man, who's, like, flattened out, and, you know... So one man's heaven could be another man's hell. And so what they would do is they would mutilate corpses... And like straight, like a favorite thing they would do is cut off a guy's dick and balls and shove them into his mouth. <laughs> but I mean, like in the afterlife, he could just spit them out and be like, "Well, that's." I mean, that wasn't great, but like, I'm over no, it. You'd have to, you'd have to walk through the afterlife like that without so dick wait, and balls. For you're sure. saying that if I have a heart attack while having like sex or eating a giant old hoagie, that's what I'm going to be doing forever? No, it's your own body, so that's how it goes now. Okay, so. Okay, so what if I was like jacking it? Yeah, you might walk around with a boner the rest of the rest of it. I feel like I'd just be fucking jizzing and jizzing and jizzing. <laughs> Sounds exhausting. I mean, it would get a, it, that mean, would be hellacious. For a while, it'd be kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> the afterlife's great. <laughs> yeah. Now it's a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> or I would get like a maybe like I'd get a meatball sub and I'd get it like uh, surgically grafted to my body. And then start eating it, then die of my own choosing, maybe through, I don't know, some kind of... Autoerotic asphyxiation. Yeah. And so then they'd be like, what's up with that guy? And they'd be like, he's going to be eating that sandwich for a long time. And I'd be like, I'm cool. I got it. I mean, I have a belt around my throat, but I'm eating a sandwich, so... Have you had the meatball It's really hard to swallow it with this belt around my throat. And maybe that information is hard for them to swallow. Nice. Nice. And it was certainly hard for the whites to swallow because this is not how they conducted war. They formed up in lines and gentlemanly shot each other. Honestly, I feel like this way, like 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 the Native American way of of, of uh, conducting war, is embracing the fact that you are actually conducting war. You're not being a gentleman. You're not being civilized when you're when you're making war. War well, is the most uncivilized thing you can do. Right. Yeah. Well, in like, uh, what was it? Uh, you know, the the revolutionaries during our revolution, the American Revolution, they they took on uh, native strategies. They hid behind trees. Yeah, and uh, used guerrilla warfare in order to to beat the British. So it's and, and no that surprise. was considered ungentlemanly and it was, uh, yes. against the rules of war. Yeah. But they would still form up lines and columns and whatnot, and they right. would do that. In, into the Civil War. The Civil War was Baby all steps. lines and columns. and guy on a drum and a guy on yeah. a trumpet. And it's like, why are you yeah. bringing the whole band in? You know? <laughs> it's true. Such did his reputation as a great warrior grow that rumors started to spread that Red Cloud had magical powers. He could That he could smell water from miles away. He could disappear and then rematerialize. That he couldn't be killed. And that he had the power of foresight. 
which he kind of did. Let's be real. And which we'll, we'll get to. That's the only one. That last one is the only one that seems like a... Well, okay. Being able to disappear and reappear. Okay, so you got a blanket with some trees drawn on it. Good for you. <laughs> uh, a blanket with some trees drawn on it. People were simpler across the board back in the day. In they were a little bit more complicated. And I mean, like... That. I mean, I don't know. What's in the water? Is there pizza in the water? Because I... I remember one time a pizza guy came through the apartment complex when me and Chris were out smoking. And then, while I was smoking, he was just with me. And I knew a pizza guy had come through there. So maybe Mm. there was something really good in the water. Maybe. Or he was close to the ocean. He smelled the pizza. He's like, I smell the ocean. They're like, we all smell the The ocean. Pizza was here. (laughs) What's his exact word? Pizza's been here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Pizza's been here. Uh, Now, Red Cloud, of course, didn't do much to dissuade these rumors. Of course, he wanted people to think that he had magical powers. And in fact, uh, he did everything he could to enforce these rumors. Now, once he was on, this is a great example, once he was on a raiding party to steal horses from a rival tribe, and during the melee, he was separated from the rest of his men, and while he was among, like, uh, the corralled enemy horses, and he kind of looked up and he was like, ah, shit, they're all gone. So he ducked down, and he crawled on, on the ground, like, between the, the hooves of, the, of these horses. Cool. And he realized, like, the part where he came out in was, like, in the middle of their camp. He was like, shit. So he grabbed a blanket, this buffalo robe, and he the wrapped it around... The one with the trees drawn on it? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he grabbed a buffalo robe and wrapped himself in it so no one could really see him, and he walked directly through the middle of their camp so he could get to like the river on the other side mm-hmm. he was walking through you know trying to ignore everybody trying to be incognito and pretty much everybody ignored him but one lady as she walked by him like said something in her language that he did not speak and he just like grunted he was just like was like what are you gonna do yeah yeah and then just kept going and nothing happened he stole one of their boats and left That's and it. Yeah, wow they like- ended up somehow like showing up at, at a brulee camp and they're like, oh shit, Red Cloud, you're here? <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, man, fucking crazy story. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile. And, yeah, they took him back to the Oglalas. They're like, some guy's like, hey, where'd my blanket go? I'm cold. And some <laughs> other guy's like, hey, where'd my boat go? And then another person's like, where'd my Groucho Marx glasses go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with like the fake mustache yeah. and the big nose. Just fucking snuck <laughs> right through. When he showed back up at the Oglala camp, they were amazed. They were like, holy shit, we thought you were dead. And, like, it reinforced this whole thing that he could not be killed and that he could just materialize in certain places. Oh, right. You know. Sound the myth. It was extremely common for Oglala men to marry several women uh, during their lifetime, but the first one that they always, uh, that they would marry always held sort of a top spot. They were sort of the more, more important one. The bottom bitch. <laughs> That's what sure. I was about to say. I was about to say that, too. I feel bad saying it, but I feel a lot better that you guys were going to say it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Red Cloud was in love with two women, uh, and that's Pine Leaf and Pretty Owl. He liked liked Pine Leaf more, but considering Red Cloud's father was, let's face it, an alcoholic brulee, which would be a black mark on him that would follow him the rest of his life, and the fact that he was half brulee and half Oglala basically took him out of contention 
to ever really be a full-fledged headman anyway, he decided to marry Pretty Owl first. An alcoholic brulee actually sounds pretty good. Like <laughs> like if it had some brandy in it or something and they burn off the alcohol and it's Absolutely. just... It's my but, last creme brulee joke. <laughs> he wanted to marry Pretty Owl first because her family was better connected ah. in the community. She had a, just a higher standing. And he really wanted to explain to Pineleaf that he would uh, marry her after this, like, seven-month grace period. Like, you had to be married to one person for at least seven months before you could moralistically marry someone else. That makes sense. And the honeymoon's over. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, after all the festivities and the wedding and and whatnot. Uh, But during all of these festivities and whatnot, he just couldn't really get around to it. He could never really, like, get her along and be like, look, I'm going to marry you after this. And she kind of just, like, hung around in the wings, and he could tell that she was really sad about this whole thing. You know, so, you know, they go into their honeymoon teepee, you know, the night of their wedding, and Red Cloud gets up, you know, bright and early, and he's going to go up to these hills that are adjacent to... Uh, his camp, and he's going to round up his horses that are there. He kind of looks around, he stops dead, like, at this tree, because what he sees is horrific. And what it is, is Pineleaf's body hanging from the tree. She had hung herself that night. Right out, like, right there. Just out of curiosity, and uh, I don't mean to be crass, but what kind of tree was it? I actually don't know. <laughs> You're wondering if it's a pine tree. Yeah, yeah. That's Moving not funny. on. <laughs> <laughs> there was a. It was an oak. There was a period of intense mourning that came over the tribe. They went so far as to tear apart their honeymoon teepee, and like the whole community helps build it, and so they all tore it apart. They cursed the name of Red Cloud and Pretty Owl. It, it was just this whole like th- this big thing, and they just sort of had to like. They had to just kind of, like, wait it out kind of a thing. Did Red Cloud and uh, Pretty Owl uh, also help tear down the no. team? Okay, no, 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 no. They, they were like, like, yeah, guys, yeah, it's fucked up. Like, maybe, no. He was almost know. a pariah from birth, and then more right. so after this. Right. This and is a good story. I'm just saying. I'm it like, is. It truly is. And it, it, it's incredible. It's like Wolverine. Yeah, it's incredibly tragic. Uh, I think I said that already. <laughs> throw a layer of sauce right on top, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, during a pine leaf's funeral, they took her favorite pony and shot it, and buried it with her. Oh. And second favorite pony wondered why it got sh- why it didn't get shot because <laughs> they had always thought it was the favorite. It's like you told me I was the favorite. Yeah, at least I assumed so. <laughs> uh, they would eventually all come to their senses and they would apologize. This whole thing kind of put a bad taste in Red Cloud's mouth, and he would never marry anyone else. Other than Pretty Owl, and they would remain together for fifty years. He, the, he could have sired more children with other women, but he, he uh, denies that, and he says, "Yeah, it was just me and Pretty Owl for the rest of our lives." So that's what I would have done: just deny, 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 no matter how many paternity tests come back. <laughs> <laughs> Red Cloud's reputation was that of a respected war leader. Like he, he was great in battles and in war. And that's how he sort of climbed the ranks. That's how his ambition sort of worked for him um, against his his uh, 
being negative a stigma. There you go, negative stigma. Thank you. Even though he could never be formally a headman, pretty much everyone would come to recognize him as one, especially in times of war. <clears throat> he may have not been a headman, but he was a main dude. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Five star general. No, that's not a joke. I'm just saying he's a main dude. He's a main dude. Yeah, he was a general. If, if, if you were to say. But, like, one that everyone would listen to. Then there was uh, the, the other uh, headmen, the, the big headmen, uh, being uh, the elderly Old Smoke, absolutely, and uh, Old Man Afraid of His Horses. Oh, come on. I know. I, I, I don't know. I'm waiting for it. I have what do you got? I have nothing to say because it's all, it's all right there on the page. <laughs> old Man Afraid of His Horses. I'm, what were they doing? That is not... Fair to say I can't like they made fun of that guy like they're like by giving him that name. No, well no, they shouldn't actually, have given him such scary horses. Wait, so he received that name when he was a child, and so he was perceived as an old man who was <laughs> well, afraid of horses either, as a wee babby. That's a good yeah. point. Like no. I mean, that's pretty fucked well, up. They named a child no. old man afraid of his horses. No, he had no. progeria. No, that, that, that was a name he, he probably got later on. Old man afraid of his horses, young man afraid of his horses. And in fact, he was probably in a long line of young men who were afraid of their horses. Man afraid of their horses. But actually, that's probably a. Uh, my pappy was afraid mis- of horses. My grandpappy was afraid of horses. <laughs> Have you guys seen horses? They're, <laughs> They're terrifying. The horse wanted to kill you. Yeah. I'd like to think his oldest relative was man who walked behind horse one time while yelling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if a horse wanted to stomp your ass, it I would. Think, guys, I think I'm afraid of horses. Dude, I horses are a little scary. It's this guy's making the most sense. Yeah. Now, I don't think now, that is not. Can I, can I just oh, clear that, something up real quick? Okay. Real clear quick. it up. Clear it up. Uh, this is probably a mis uh, translation. Okay. Because he, he. There's a couple of different translations of this. He's also sort of known as his horses are afraid. Or even, they fear even his horses. Okay. Which makes a lot more sense to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, what it probably is... Old man with scary-ass horses. Yeah. Yeah. What what it probably is, is they fear even his horses, but he was old, so they applied old to it. But history remembers him as old man afraid of his horses. You know what's fucked up is if it was generally understood a more natural translation would be they feared even his horses but we remember him in history as old man afraid like that guy got fucked yeah right oh yeah, like, yeah. he got a raw deal yeah. even like, if it was like old man is skeptical that horses exist now meanwhile gold had been discovered in california and smart uh sparked a mass migration of white settlers to the west. Oh fuck, white Silicon man. Valley, man. Yeah. An important uh, way station at the time was uh, Fort Laramie, and it was at the intersection of the newly uh, traded Bozeman Trail and the older Oregon Trail. This was sort of like it was an apex. It it was a place where like all roads met and it'll become more important. As, as we continue. Cock the wagon, float across, dive cholera. Got it. <laughs> I was thinking about the game, too. Yeah. You uh, can't see Oregon Trail without thinking about the game. I think our generation specifically. In 1851, one of the first non-aggression treaties were signed uh, with many dissenters who did refuse to sign it, including Red Cloud. 
And of course, uh, those were broken pretty much the second they left. Like, no one thought these things were going to last. Like, I don't know who, who anyone was kidding when they came to some of these talks, because they didn't know what they were signing, they didn't know what it meant, and the U.S. government was like, okay, so you won't attack us if we're go if we'll go into your land and they're like uh define our land like what is our land like my land okay yeah you can walk through my land that's fine and they're like okay so you speak for all the Sioux. Yeah. and they're like hell no yeah <laughs> you know but that's how they took it you they're, know they're like hey guys we're good everybody come on that's in that's such a yeah. white man that's what thing happened. to do that's where what I'm like i just feel like they're like well these are the these are the rules. These are the how things work. Like you you you, you can't just not like. But you made the rules. Right. Like right. you yeah. literally made the rule. Like right. uh, yeah. it's basically saying like I don't make the rules. I just enforce them. But I but I made them too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't make the rules. I just write them down and enforce them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and now you got all these assholes in covered wagons coming in, being like, "No one's gonna judge us on our teeth out here, family." <laughs> and here we go. Yeah, uh, Red Cloud certainly wasn't buying it, and in fact, he was pretty goddamn tired of uh, his Indian brethren being so dependent on the white man's supplies, especially being averse to whiskey. <laughs> now, when I say whiskey, it's not the whiskey we drink today, and it's not the whiskey the white men were drinking at this time. This was pure alcohol with like pep, like red pepper flakes in it, and like. It was basically oh. poison. It was disgusting. So like fireball. <laughs> Worse than that, man. <laughs> this was sheer poison. And yeah, people died from it, especially not having any sort of immunity to drinking alcohol at all. Yeah. And so, well, and in addition to that, it's like there's no immunity to drinking alcohol. And this also, was trash that they were feeding. And there's into. and there's no there's no quality control. No, so it's no, like no, literally no. like where did you make this? And it's like in a basin somewhere. Yeah. You know, like on the prairie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, have you had toilet wine? Have you had prairie wine? Like, ugh, ugh. have you had prairie whiskey? Yeah. Ugh. It's mostly straight alcohol. If you like only go blind, you got off easy. It just wasn't. <sighs> It wasn't whiskey. It was something else. It was just they a, called it like rock gut. It was a jug with three X's on it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of not whiskey, did you hear that uh, there's officially PBR whiskey? I have heard that. I've yes. heard that. Ooh. Yes. Apparently, it's only available uh, like in the Milwaukee area, or at least the Midwest. No, it's available in Seattle too. Is it? It is. Oh my god. <sighs> Where uh, do we get this? I don't know, but I don't want to go blind. Yeah. I can't <laughs> wait for new ways to have, like, really bad poops the next day. For real, right? Oh, I'm I'm going to drink that shit. <laughs> I mean, I'll drink it. No, don't get me wrong. I'm going to drink it. Shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I mean, what? what if I if I show up with a bottle of PBR whiskey, <laughs> you guys aren't going to say no. Oh, no. I'm going to be we're like, not, if we're not taking we're a shot of that immediately. Oh, yeah. we'll judge. oh no, for sure. <laughs> that, is your, that is your right as an American. Yeah. So you should be judging me most days, really, by how I live my life. Yeah, fair so, enough. So, Jerry, what what happened uh, after <laughs> all this whiskey drinking? Oh, yeah, Red Cloud. Whatever happened to him? <laughs> now, no Indian like seeing wagon trains of oddly dressed, disease-carrying, 
and wasteful whites blundering this way and that, mercilessly and pointlessly killing buffalo for hides and tongues and nothing else, and just leaving litter and a bunch of trash next to these trails. Because, like, they'd have, like, grandfather clocks and shit that they thought would make this arduous journey. <laughs> and then just toss them. They just toss them and a, just leave it. That's a great way to perceive... Because I remember learning about the Oregon Trail a shitload in uh, elementary right, school. Right, Like, perceiving it from the Indi uh, Indians' point of yeah, view, Native yeah, American, yeah. like, where they're just a bunch of fucking morons, like... They were, yeah. To them, like, they were like, what the fuck are you guys thinking? They're, like, now? literally, like, I cook my bacon on dung because I, I like, ran out of stuff. I, like, oddly <laughs> dressed, disease-carrying. Because, yeah. from yeah. their perspective... I mean, that's what it these, was. These were disease-ridden fucking people. Yeah, they're rapists, so they're drug the dealers. Common, the, Some of them are good people, I assume. Yeah. The common cold would kill a lot of people. Uh, influenza would kill a when, lot of people. When Europe sends its whites, they're not sending their best. No. Yeah. Well, and like, you know, cholera and typhus and... All the stuff from know. Oregon Trail! Yeah. Uh, they started out with that. They just don't die from it until, like, late in the game. Well, no, they didn't have that. They didn't have immunities to these, because they never had to deal with them. And they all left New York with snake bites for some reason. <laughs> what? So, basically, this was old-timey, like, a Walmart parking lot. Just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trash and yeah. shit all over the place. Yeah, no one likes to see that. No. I never uh, got to Oregon in that game. I did. I never did. Honestly, I got bored. Spend all your money on bullets, game. you'll get to fucking Oregon. There'll be one of you left, and you'll be fucking razzled by your experience. <laughs> so there were, of course, scattered Indian raids here and there. They were brutally carried out because it was war against the white settlers. Um, Spotted Tail, being the most infamous of them all, would carry out some of the craziest uh, raids against white settlers. You could, you know, people would say, they would turn it as sort of a propaganda thing, and they'd be like, these are innocent white people, and it's like, yeah, yeah, they, they, they were not non-combatants, for sure, but th the way they viewed them was the same way they viewed any of their enemies. You came into my territory, yeah. therefore, I feel morally um, justified in killing you and your entire family. That was not alien to them. Yeah. That was a fact of life for them. And it completely offended all white sensibilities at the time. Was it brutal? 100% it was brutal. But guess what? Humanity is fucking be uh, brutal. It's beautiful. Yeah. And beautiful. <laughs> Remember the Holocaust? It, it, it's yeah. man, man's yeah. inhumanity to man that will always be there and yeah. has, has always been there. But like like they would like straight up like display their bodies like they would any enemy to freak out other white settlers. And that would freak you out having displayed rotting bodies like next to the trail you're going down. And I thought that they were just nude and hanging and they were like, "Oh, no, punch like, my pearls." There's like skeletons on poles Very with, like, nude. with like arrows in their chest cavities. Can't get more nude than skeleton. <laughs> Just saying. That's a good point. One, one if you're thing a Puritan that, and you see a skeleton, you're like, uh, everything's... I do decline. Yeah. Do you think that they these guys would like Vlad the Impaler? I know, I was thinking that too. Uh, honestly, Vlad the Impaler is a lot like some of these people. Like, they, they, it was their land. They did not want anyone there telling them what the fuck to do. So yeah, Vlad the Impaler would have been probably right at home with the Sioux. Well, and this Absolutely. wasn't like, you know, the, you know, it wasn't uh, the world of laws that we know 
as current. It was, it, you know, it was the Outback Steakhouse. There was no rules. It was just right. <laughs> and, uh, you know. A whole lot of Bloomin' Onion. A whole lot of Bloomin' Onion. And, and by Bloomin' Onion, Boy, we're getting I mean some murder. stuff mixed up. Outback. To put a number on it, uh, trail deaths in 1850 alone were 5,000 people. Oh, that wow. means, like, almost... Is that trail deaths across the board? Across the board. We're talking cholera, we're talking... That's, that's everything. That means yeah. a third of the people that left, like, Independence, Missouri, seeking out on the frontier, a third of them never made it past Jesus, the Rockies. And 100% else. of them didn't get all of the information. Yeah. Yeah. The internet existed yeah. if they knew they, that they, those were the odds. Well, they straight up had people... <laughs> One-star reviews across the board. Well, they straight up had people uh, telling them, oh, it's this it's this beautiful land full of riches, and oh, it's so great. And, and, and they get out there, and they're in the middle of goddamn Nebraska, and there's fucking nothing there. And they're like, what the hell am I going for? They said you know, it was sounds free like Nebraska and no one... now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They nice. said, got him. And they got were like, him. and they were like, oh, you, wait a minute, you guys are already here. We didn't. We okay. They said <laughs> no one was gonna judge my family on our teeth, and everyone's yeah. judging us out here. Yeah. Now it wasn't too long before gold was also discovered in the Black Hills of Montana, the oh. most sacred place for a lot of Plains Indians. Pretty much all of them. Their origin story, like their their like creation story, comes from this place. It is the it, most sacred place. So they have sort of a creation myth. They do. Yeah, takes... surrounds this place. Interesting. It's okay. the most sacred place of. It's almost much like Mount the... Olympus. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Sort of. It's the Mount it's Olympus. It's like it's Garden yeah. of Eden. Yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. yeah. Uh, they even went so far as to call it uh, the heart of everything that is. That's so pretty. Yeah. And actually, uh, a big source for this uh, these uh, episodes we're going to do about Red Cloud is from a book called uh, The Heart of Everything That Is. And honestly, it is the uh, probably the best uh, nonfiction historical book I've probably ever read. I've read it twice. It, it's just so good. It's such an amazing book. Even if you're not a super his history fan, such a good book. Uh, cool. I would recommend it to anyone. Now, Red Cloud's territory was southeast of the Black Hills, uh, what's called the Powder River Country, and it was smack dab right in, in the middle of the way of the Bozeman Trail. The Bozeman Trail went directly through it. When John Bozeman showed up on his trail, several of the Oglalas uh, met him, and they were like, hey, uh, you, gotta, you gotta go away. You gotta, you gotta turn around. And you gotta go back the way you came. You got a Fuck warning. Off. Yeah, and because he didn't cut their fucking heads off, you know. Not bad. Which it really wasn't. And so John Bozeman went back a little bit, but then found like sort of an alternate route, and that trail's called something else now. He told them, yeah, in no uncertain terms, like, listen, you ain't coming through here. And that has sort of been their uh, entire uh, dichotomy through this entire conflict. Just don't come through here. Don't do not come through here. But the whites were like, eh, we're gonna come through here. Yeah, yeah. They're like, uh, I like the suggestion, good feedback, but uh, feedback, I think I'm gonna do my I mean, own thing. It's not really up to you, and I mean, like, yeah. profits for white people. <laughs> and we love profits. Well, and they needed the gold. The United States needed the gold because they just they're they're broke after the Civil War. 
and any gold fields that they could find. They're like, are we out of Mexican gold? Can we find gold anywhere else? <laughs> well, not quite yet. Yeah. Uh, silver was discovered in, in Nevada as yeah. well. But uh, but gold, I mean, that, that would, that would uh, stock the uh, United States Treasury if, if, if they had that. Needless to say, though, uh, Red Cloud really wanted that Bozeman Trail closed. So Red Cloud and his Oglalas were settled in for the winter of 1956. Because, of course, they, you know, they stay in for the winter. And Wait. 1956? Sorry, did I say 1856? <laughs> 1856 okay. and uh, 1857, like that winter there, they're, they're settled in. And all of a sudden there there is this stranger that come like comes out of the snow, and it's this brulee messenger. And he shows up, and they're like, okay, well, this is nothing new to get a messenger from a friendly tribe. So they, you know, they put him in a in a tent and they uh, they give him food and whatnot. Warm up his feet. Yeah, and he, you know, they're all expect you know something from him, and he takes out a pipe wrapped, you know, wrapped in skins, and he unrolls it, and everyone thinks it's going to be a war pipe. You know, you, what would a war pipe mean in this? Sense? Well, well, a war pipe. Everyone smokes the war pipe to join in mm-hmm. on a war. Okay. Right? So it's like a, so you yeah. you smoke the war pipe with me. That means we're allies in this set, war. It's a, oh. So it's not a lead pipe to bash somebody's head and to declare <laughs> war. Actually, what it was is this very rare pipe to see. And it's a very sacred pipe. And it was a pipe that Red Cloud had not encountered yet in his life. He was 30 years old when this happened. And what it was is it was probably the most important one in the entire Sioux Nation. And what it was was it, it was to it was to summon all of the count. They called it like the uh, uh, the seven council fires. And it was to gather all of the Sioux Nation together. It was to have a meeting of the minds, so to speak. And he gave it to him. And he and as this like beleaguered messenger was like eating his food, and he goes, he he told he told them this. He said, "Enjoy your winter. Have a great spring buffalo hunt." But come summer, you're going to meet up with all of us, and decisions have to be made about like what Elrond. is going to come next. They took it very seriously. Uh, again, this is one of the most... It's one of the most respected symbols in their culture. Honestly, for thousands of years, tribal elders would gather uh, in, in this holy site. Uh, they would always meet in the same place in South Dakota, modern-day South Dakota. And there hadn't been such a turnout in really generations, nearly 10,000 Indians were present. Sitting Bull showed up, as was a young Crazy Horse. Crazy Horse was 11 years old. Oh, now, shit. Now, now, Crazy Horse was, he, he was, he was Barely almost even... kind of, he was kind of a drifter. He would go between brulees and hog papas and, and, uh, uh, oglalas. He was kind of a wild card kind of guy. Kind of a crazy guy. Kind of a crazy, a bit of a crazy horse. horse. As a younger and he's man, he's gonna get his own episode. I would imagine way. he wasn't as crazy as a young guy. Oh no, he was no, just as that's crazy. That's where he got his name. But that is Should a story for a different time. Horse. <laughs> consistent disposition horse. <laughs> yeah. Now uh, there were moderates in the group, uh, such as Old Man Afraid of His Horses, and his son. Young man afraid of his horses. Nah. Uh, and others, uh, but... Middle-aged man afraid of, also afraid of his horses. 
Uh, but Red Cloud and Sitting Bull uh, were the strongest voices that advocated for an all-out united war against the white incursion into their lands. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. right? Fuck yeah, right? They all agreed on areas that they would command. Like, if it's one thing that they could all agree on, it's like, okay, you take this area, I'll take this area. And Red Cloud took the Powder River country. They agreed on nothing else. Question. They did not agree on, on whether or not to go to war. The Powder River country, was that full of cocaine? Mm. <laughs> yes. You wish. <laughs> yes. The thing is, is once you pour the coke into the water, it's practically useless. <laughs> I mean, you could drink the water, you could try, but, you know. I mean, if you have it in a cup, it's probably fine. It's what uh, Sherlock Holmes did. Sorry about that terrible joke. <laughs> <laughs> in uh, February of 1861... Um, some Cheyenne and Arapaho had signed a new treaty. Now, treaties were being signed by different groups of people all the time. All of them broken. None of them truly taken seriously. But the Cheyenne and Arapaho had taken this one uh, seriously. Like, yes, absolutely. No more hostilities. You give us supplies, you know, we'll, we'll be nice, you know. There's a give and take, scratch each other's backs kind of a deal. And then there was certain, you know certain parts of other treaty where it's like, well, if we summon you to a certain place, you got to show up and, and we're going to parlay. We're going to talk about yeah. whatever's going on. We'll wrap. So they were summoned to such a call, but first they had to go to Fort Lyon to kind of figure out where they were going to go to parlay, right? Turns out it was going to be in Denver. And they were like, okay, great. Uh, oh, you can go skiing. Right. Now, there was this commander at Fort Lyon, at, at Fort Laramie, uh, he kind of bounced around. He 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 was, you he, he was appointed to deal with this so-called Indian problem. Now was it a problem? Yes, but he didn't have to deal with it in such a way. Well, it's probably also a problem because of how the whites fucking that's what I'm fucked saying. Them over, yeah, that's what I'm you saying. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the problem is like we fucked up these we fucked over these native people to yeah. the point where it's an issue now. Yeah, and the guy that they chose to kind of deal with this at this time, in, in this particular area, he was a real piece of work. Uh, he was an outspoken, unapologetic Indian hater and a Methodist preacher. Oh. And uh, he w his name was Colonel John Milton Chivington. He was an enormous man at six foot five, 260 pounds. Of muscle. Of fat. He was a fat man. No, no. I, I've seen the pictures. He is... He's a big boy. Yeah. Um, and not like in a cute, chubby way, like... Like Chris in Pratt. A in a fat piece of shit way. In like Parks, Parks and, Rec. and Rec, yeah. Speaking of Pony. But, uh, but yeah, no. Uh, in a... Uh, in a gross... Like in a gross, like, you know, like, I don't know. Just like a like a gross... Like, I, probably, we've seen them. You can smell them coming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, those people aren't in movies, so there's nobody to compare them to. Yeah. <laughs> but they call me Pastrami Jack. Like Fat Bastard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Fat Bastard, I guess, is the closest you would come to Colonel Chevy. Which is uh, yeah. body shaming. The, and I it's won't not have a it. thyroid yeah. thing, is what we're getting at, okay? <laughs> it's called gluttony. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of the well, seven deadly sins. Uh, here's, here's a quote to really uh, sink the nail home of what, a, what the kind of guy Colonel Chivington was. Quote, damn any man who sympathizes with Indians. I have come to kill Indians and believe that it is right and honorable to use any means under God's heaven to kill Indians. 
right, guys? Wow. Yeah, it's fucked up, right? That's racist. That's oh, fucked up on all fronts. That's fucked. He's talking about straight up, straight up genocide. He's cool with genocide. You didn't you know. nail the sound of his mouth being full of gravy, but besides that, I think you really crushed <laughs> it. I, I just want to show these Indians, guys. <laughs> Brr, yeah. Bread bowls. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the Pat Oswalt joke too. Yeah. One thing I uh, I do want to kind of touch on um, is a lot of men that were joining the military at this time after the Civil War were brigands, criminals, um, some of them immigrants with no, nowhere else to go, bandits, uh, people who straight up didn't speak English. Ne'er-do-wells. There were ne'er-do-wells. There were, there were rogues. Charlatans. You know. Yeah, yeah, all those things. I Roustabouts. Ah, oh, thank Roustabouts. you. Roustabouts. Yeah, the good job, Chris. Thank you. Uh, none of them were trained particularly well. They weren't Nike paid guys. particularly well. The what did you say? Nike guys is what N- he said. And I said knifey guys. They got knives. Yeah, okay. They're like, have guns. Chop, I thought chop, he chop. said Nike guys because yeah. he doesn't like Nike shoes. No, I like. I'm fine with the shoes. I'm not they're a little overpriced. Yeah. Uh, and you know, slaves make them, but but they're so comfy. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. sure the shoes I'm wearing now were made by slaves too. I'm not. A, I'm not happy about that. It's a symptom of the uh, capitalistic. Yeah. Uh, uh, Don't blame system. me. Blame capitalism. God bless America. America. What a crazy time to sing that one. <laughs> uh, so they weren't trained. They weren't paid very well. A lot of them were just looking for a free ride to gold country, and then they'd instantly desert. And the ones that like did join up for like higher ideals, those ideals were killing Indians. Oh. Those were their ideals. Not everybody, but... I mean, if you weren't a deserter, and if you weren't an uh, unabashed Indian hater, you were in the minority. <laughs> you know? Jesus. So, there you go. So, going back to February uh, 1861, when they were called to parlay at Fort Lyon, um, a Cheyenne uh, headman who had touched the pin, and that was uh, equivalent to signing, because they couldn't write, right. much less write their names, especially in English... So they touched the pin, right? That 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 was a thing. Uh, his name was Black Kettle, and he was a Cheyenne leader. I mean, he was he, always accusing people of things. And here then, it comes. And then and then they'd be like, uh, "Here." I like when you specifically said you weren't going to make this joke. And here it is. Pot calls the kettle black. Get okay. It, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Next. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he showed up. As, as he was supposed to, you know. Uh, not everyone was there, and that really pissed off Chivington. And Dude, fuck Chivington. Yeah, and, and Chivington was like, they, they were like, well, you guys gotta relocate at Big Sandy Creek. And uh, they were like, okay, okay, but, you know, some of them resisted. They didn't want to leave their home. Some of them re- resisted, and, you know, they were forced, eventually, to go to Big Sandy Creek. And Big Sandy Creek ended up being, like, a pretty big village. I thought you were going to be like, it ended up being a pretty cool spot to hang out. <laughs> uh, but it really pissed off Colonel Chivington, this, like, weird slight that not everybody showed up. He demanded respect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, to, to add fuel to his fire, it's sort of in the background, uh, there have been numerous raids uh, in 
1861 from dog Cheyenne dog soldiers that were not a part of this group. They were, but again, it's something the Americans did not understand that oh, these Cheyenne are not friendly. They are still hostile. And they're like, well, what about you? It's like, well, we are friendly Cheyenne. It's like, well, how can somebody speak for all the Cheyenne then? Yeah. I thought that was you. You know, and it's like, like well, no, I can't. Other guys. Well, and they're like, I can't control all the other Cheyenne, and I can't control even my own warriors. So keep that in mind, you know, because that's not how our society works. But it's something that they could never get. So this whole thing really ate at Chivington. He's like, you know what? They just need annihilated. Yeah, I just want uh, yeah. annihilate all. Then all the Chivington. <laughs> He just reminds me of the the fat boss and F is for father. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, yeah, like I do. Chain smoking and eating like buckets yeah. of chicken. Yeah, right, like, yeah. This is what Chivington <laughs> reminds yeah. me of. Fuck Chivington. I, uh, I mean, I don't want to body shame the guy because, you know, it's not fair. But fuck that guy, so... I'm body positive, but how the fuck do you be that fat back then? He's a big piece yes, of I shit. Agree. There wasn't even McDonald's. He's a big piece yeah. of shit, and he's also fat. So I'm gonna make fun of him. Yeah, he was like a really nice fat guy. I wouldn't even talk about how fat he is. There's nothing wrong being heavier. Yeah, but there's been something <laughs> wrong with being that guy. We're not oh. punching down. We just Ch- want to clarify. We're just chewing through the fat. Chewington <laughs> nice. was a piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> he just happens to be fat, and I'm gonna make fun of him for it. So he always thought of this as like a slight, and then years later, in September of 1864, he still carried this sort of like. Grudge. And Sounds he like he's carrying a lot of weight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right? He's really going to make a meal out of it. And again, the Cheyenne and the Arapaho, they would go to Fort Lyon. They'd set up, you know, okay, we got to go to Denver. Yeah, we got we, we to gotta go through these peace talks. They're like, okay, we went to Sandy Creek. It's about 40 miles uh, away from Fort Lyon. For their, quote, own protection. They had to go to Big Sandy Creek so the U.S. military could protect the Cheyenne and Arapaho, mm. which is a fucking laugh. That sounds like a fucking like mob shit. Like no, what they're doing is they're they're yeah, putting yeah, them yeah. into concentration camps. It's like John Favreau. Being a reservation Iron is a concentration yeah. camp. Well, Make no fucking ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah, yeah we got them all over the country. We need to protect them from one. us yeah. by forcing them into this small area. Yeah, yeah, fucking. We're just Assholes. reserving yeah. the right to concentrate your population exactly in into a these... small area that we can control. Yeah, yeah, that's a con- That's a definition of a concentration. So that we can protect you from us killing you. Yes, uh, which didn't even work, as it will soon turn out. Spoiler: They were yeah, they <laughs> were told that no harm would come to them uh, from the American military if they flew an American flag and a white flag underneath the American flag at their camp, which they did. Black Kettle did this. So, because not everyone showed up to Fort Lyon, because there was resistance in leaving their land for Big Sandy Creek, Chivington had had enough and gathered his army of over 400 men and marched on Big Sandy Creek. Now, on... November 28th, 1864, Chivington arrived outside of the Big Sandy Creek camp. And a lot of the able-bodied males at this particular time, as in the morning, uh, were away hunting. So most of the people that were there were 
elderly people, men, elderly men and women and children. Really, no one of of, of fighting capacity. The hunters were away. Yes, they were. Yes. Uh, so Chivington gave the order to attack. Only two men in his group of four hundred refused. So they're like, I can't, I can't just slaughter women and children and old people. Man, this is not. Yeah. This is not cool. That's the reasonable but, response. Yeah, right. yeah, absolutely, it is. <laughs> uh, and even Black Kettle, like as he saw them charging down the hill at him, he ran out in front of them. And he waved his arms with with his white flag, and he was like, uh, "I was fuck? told I was told this would stop you." He was instantly shot down, Jesus, by a volley of musket balls and 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 cartridges, and they raided negative speech. Yeah, they they raided <laughs> uh, uh, the big big Sandy Creek camp, and I mean raid is a nice word. They massacred. Numbers are still hazy to this day. Chivington himself, when he later went on trial in front of a congressional hearing for this, he would say himself that there was somewhere in between 500 and 600 uh, Indians killed at at Sand Creek. and Fuck. Which is insane. And the fact that he would say it so confidently... And so, you know, without batting an eye and not feeling any source people. of remorse, yeah, uh, means so much more. Like, it, it probably wasn't. It was more like 130 died. A hundred of them were women and children and old people. 30 of them were able-bodied men. So you're saying he upped his, the numbers? Oh, he upped them because he felt proud that is of so how many Indians he killed, gross. including just women and children. It was disgusting. The survivors that had spread, uh, they, they ran. They ran north. And where else could they go? But they ran to Red Cloud. Because Red Cloud was always like, fuck these guys. They're liars. Fuck them. So they ran to Red Cloud. And when they got to Red Cloud, there, there'd been some, like, confusion. Or, uh, I wouldn't say confusion, but, like, uh, there'd been some, like, uh, uh, awkwardness between the two. Because they had touched the pin. And Red Cloud has, had refused. But when they got to them and they were like, dude, this Sandy Creek thing, and they told him all about it. They're like, we never got along. Yeah. But yo, check this shit out. It's yeah. fucked up. Yeah. Red Cloud went from confused and awkward to downright furious. Of course. After this. It was awful. And yeah, the, the, the people back east, they were appalled when they heard this. But not really. Yeah, like, because, oh, yeah, because these they, people far away that don't look like us. Because you know, you know what the New York Times called the massacre of Sandy Creek at the time. They called it the Battle of Sandy Creek, and everybody, Fuck. all the media during that time, they would always call uh, when whites would kill Indians by large numbers. They call that a battle. But when Indians, like the whites were protecting yeah, themselves. But when Indians would do the same thing, only in much less numbers to the whites, they'd call it a massacre. Oh shit! This is from Iron Man Three. What happened in Iron Man Three? There's a part where the never man, mind. I'm kidding. Go there, ahead. There's a part in Iron Man. There's a part in Iron Man Three where the Mandarin kill like destroys a military base where all the, while their soldiers are on an exercise, and he's like. I'm teaching you a history lesson because let me tell you about the Battle of Sandy Creek. And he lays down exactly what happened, and he and yeah. he's like, "That's why I destroyed this military base because your braves were on a hunt." 
your right. your soldiers were away and he was like yeah. boom history lesson over and i was like oh cool iron man 3 and i didn't realize what he was talking about Wait, was they a straight up say this whole the, the story of yeah, sandy the, creek yeah the mandarin kills like destroys a military base and then he goes on tv and he and he explains the story of sandy creek and he destroyed the military base while the soldiers were on an exercise to teach americans about what happened there that's, that's an ar- fucking nuts yeah. It's actually a pretty fucking good movie. Yeah. I feel like Iron Man 3... I mean, it's written and directed by fucking Shane A lot Black. of people... A lot of, like, Marvel fans don't like Iron Man It's, 3, like, one of the best it's ones. it's fucking great. So, a new, counts, a new war council was convened. This time, when Red Cloud spoke, everyone listened. Uh, here's what he said. This is all he said. Quote, The great spirit raised both the white man and the Indian. I think he raised the Indian first. He raised me in this land. It belongs to me. The white man was raised over the great waters, and his land is over there. Since they crossed the sea, I have given them room. There are now white people all about me. I have but a small spot of land left. The great spirit told me to keep it. Fuck yeah. That's all he had to say. And that united fucking all of them. Isn't that fucking awesome? I feel so so bad about where I live now. Oh, we are only here because of what. Because of the bad guys in this story. Yeah. Look, just cue Iron Maiden, run to the hills run right to now. The hills. I think they're in Tacoma today. They are in Tacoma today. Tonight. Tonight. Probably right now. So yeah. you guys know when we recorded this episode, based off that information, you can put uh, it together. Yeah. Iron Maiden at Tacoma Dome. Tonight! But that is where we will leave you until next time for Red Cloud Part 2. All right. We've got All so right. much more Red Cloud coming at you. It's going to get so much worse. It's going to get so much bloodier. and It's, it's going to be... get worse before it gets better. It's, it's going to get real vengeance And then it'll get worse again. Before we close off, yeah, am part. I the only person that, like, whenever they think of Chivington, I think of the fat guy from the Pocahontas. Uh, oh, I absolutely do. He looks exactly like percent Savages. We're, we're going we're to post... That's exactly who yeah. I fucking... Oh, oh, we're going to post pictures of these motherfuckers on, on our Facebook. Please follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, but uh, we will post pictures of them so you can see what they actually look like. And yeah, this guy is like a gross, meaner-looking version of the president at the time, which was uh, uh, Grant. Uh, General Grant. You know, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna just go out on a limb. This is my opinion. I, it, it's not all the history boys. I can't speak for you guys. Chivington? I don't like him. I, I, I don't like I him. I despise him. I don't like him. I despise not a fan. him. Yeah. I think... Uh, I don't want to. I don't really want to talk about it because of uh, things that might be involved with my family tree. And, and, you know, uh, uh, can I? Nah, can I'm I, just kidding. He fucking sucks. I don't know. Can, can I? Can He's I just a bit tell of an you, Andrew Jackson style character? Can I? Can I tell you what happened to Chivington? Because we're not going to talk about him in episode in, in the next episode. Okay. Here's what happened to Chivington, real quick. Any guesses how how hard he was punished for this? Uh, not uh, at all. Uh, he, he, he was only he allowed to have breakfast and dinner, but had to skip lunch <laughs> okay. for the next two months. No, uh, he wasn't punished at all. In yeah. fact, he was quietly, uh, uh, quietly court-martialed, and he lived out his life, uh, fine. In comfort and... 
Oh, you yeah. mean like modern day politicians? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, cool. 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 Yeah. He was a war criminal, Chivington was. And uh, he wasn't hung. He wasn't cut to pieces. So he, he had a small penis. He wasn't hung. Yeah. <laughs> he, nice. He, he's responsible, directly responsible for the death of at least 130 people. And uh, mercilessly. And then and, he bragged uh, about it. And he bragged about it, inflating his own numbers in front of the United States Congress and was not punished at all. So when, when the American government likes to bring down war criminals, let's humble ourselves a little bit and remind ourselves that Colonel Chivington got no punishment and he was a horrible war criminal. I'm just going to say it again. I don't like him. <laughs> yeah. Not, <laughs> not, a, not fan. a fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just... Uh... They're better guys. Certainly. Most most Certainly. people. They're better yeah. guys in that point in time. Oh, one hundred percent. There, there, there are there are, there better are bad people. guys in that point in time that are better than this guy. Oh yeah. Well, and we'll get to that later. All right. All right. Well, so we're done. Thanks for sticking with us. Thank and, you. Uh, thank, thanks as always for listening to the podcast. It really means a lot to me. We are the History Boys, and that's Red Cloud. Part Red one. Cloud. Red <laughs> Red Cloud Part One. Red Cloud Part One. <laughs> and that's is Chris that Whedon. Red Cloud Part One. I'm yeah. sorry. Red Cloud. Who's a hero? Red Red Cloud Part One. That was Chris Whedon. I'm Tyler Armentrout, and that was uh, Jerry and Zach as well. Zach's here. <laughs> Hi, I'm for here. the first time ever. Wow. In the same room. It's the first yeah. time I've ever met him face to face. Is great. I honestly great am shocked honor. about what he looks like. I'm yeah. glad that we finally. Me out of that joke. That's the second time that I've Christ. used that line. I pictured him <laughs> as a shit. You not. If my jokes have any bearing on this, you got to use it five I more times. I pictured him as a five foot tall, <laughs> redhead, curly hair, no beard, with a big scar across his face. And, and it turned did. out I, that I, he I, was I right. Just like Elron Hubbard. So it's great. Yeah. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Love you. Bye. Whatever.